Welcome, Pastor Doc. doing all right? Good. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really glad you're here. Isn't our God great? It's always great to come and worship him together. And, you know, today, what my heart for you is that you come and meet Jesus, you know, because he wants to come and meet you this morning. We're going to look at um, the book of the first few verses of the book of John this morning. But before we get there, I'm just going to pray for us. Is that okay? Great. Lord God, we want to thank you so much for this day, and we want to thank you for our church. And Lord God, we say again that you are the great God. And this morning, Lord, we want to hear from you. God, let these words not be stuff that I've just made up, Lord, but let it be something that you want to say today from your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, if you've got your Bibles with you, we are going to go straight to John chapter 1. John is the fourth of the four Gospels. If you don't know, right at the start of the New Testament, we've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We call these the Gospels because they are four accounts of what Jesus did whilst he was here on earth. And you might say, well, why do we need four? Why do we need four different people telling us the same stuff? Well, we've got four, and they all do something a little bit different. They're all written for a slightly different reason. They don't contradict each other, but they bring out something different about Jesus. So Matthew wrote his gospel, that first one of the New Testament, because he was writing it to the Jews. And he was saying, look, this Jesus guy is the person that you've been waiting for. Yeah. Yeah? And Mark, he wrote his because Jesus in Mark is very human, fully God, fully man. And it talks about him interacting with people. And it's very matter of fact. And it's about his humanity. And then we get to Luke. And Dr. Luke, he wanted to write a really great detailed account of what happened with Jesus. So he wanted to write in order. And he wanted to get as much in there as possible to have a proper historical account of Jesus' life. And then we get to John, where we're going to be for a lot of today. And John, he really wanted us to see that Jesus was the Son of God. And as soon as we start reading John 1 verse 1, you're going to go, oh yeah, John, I can see what you're doing here. Right from the very get-go, you can see that behind his writing. So why don't we read this together? Are you ready? John 1, verse 1, and we're going to read through to about verse 12 here today. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. You can see him doing it already, can't you? John, I can see what you're doing. Jesus was there right from the beginning. I know what he's trying to do. Through him, it says, this is Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not, my version says, understood it. But you guys might be reading 
um, whatever, overcome it and things like that. There's a few different words. And then John talks a bit about this guy called John the Baptist. There was a man who was sent from God, and he, he wasn't God. That's what he says here. Just so you know, he wasn't God. He was just here to point to the one who is God, who is the Son of God. And then verse 9, the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, that's what he said at the beginning, here's the bit that I want us to grasp. Here's the thing that we're going to hone in on this morning. Even though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Wow. Wow. And now we need to be careful here because there is an element of Jesus' life and ministry where he himself didn't want to be revealed. Yeah, if you, if you know the Bible a little bit in the New Testament, there's parts where Jesus says, it's not my time. I don't want to show people who I am yet. That's not what's going on here. Because if we keep reading into the next verse, he was in the world and though the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. What John is saying here is that what we should be doing is recognizing who Jesus is and receiving Jesus. That's what he's asking us to do. And you know, John, he, he, when Jesus came, he's, he's saying, he's using this analogy. It's, when Jesus came, it was like light coming into darkness. That's what it was like. Now, I want you to imagine that you go home tonight. You have a nice lunch. You have a nice dinner. You go home this evening when the sun has gone down. And you draw your curtains and you turn your big light off in your, in your living room. And you, and you turn your phone off that's glowing in your face all the time. And it's dark. Right? You can imagine yourself in your living room and it's pitch black and you can't see your hand in front of your face even. It's dark. And then somebody, all of a sudden, comes in through the, through the living room door with a giant torch, with a giant flashlight, and it's like blinding, isn't it? And it cuts through the darkness. It'd be really hard to miss, wouldn't it? Yeah. It'd be really... But that's what John is saying... Jesus was like when he came into our world, and yet he says that we didn't recognize it. Isn't that interesting? Because I'm thinking, well, John, if, if that's the analogy that you're using, then how did we miss that then? And I want to say and suggest to you this morning that it's actually because we were so far gone. We're so far away from God that even if he passed us in the street, we didn't recognize him because we'd forgotten the character of the Father. We're going to take a pause there for just a second because I want to take you to another part of the Bible. We're going to go to the first gospel, Matthew, because there's a fantastic verse here in Matthew. This kind of blew me away when I read this the other week. There's one verse in the New Testament where Jesus describes his own character. 
There's one verse. You know, we, we, we hear it a lot, and he talks about himself like, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, I am the resurrection and the life. I am, you know, the good shepherd, whatever. He, he tells us who he is and what he does and what he's going to do, but there's one verse that tells us his character. He describes it himself, and if you know your Bible, you've been a Christian for a lot of years, you might be knowing what verse I'm talking about. We're going to go to Matthew 11, verse 28. And Jesus says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am strong and powerful. No? No. I am efficient and demanding. No. I am everlasting and wonderful. All these things are true, right? But Jesus takes this moment to tell us about himself. The one time he says, I am gentle and humble at heart. Isn't that interesting? What a good God he is. And you know, I think the reason that the world didn't recognize him when he came because they weren't looking for a God like that. And you know, just a few verses earlier before this, Jesus says, if you've seen the Son, you've seen the Father. And isn't it interesting, he then goes on to describe himself, the Son. He's saying, my Father, he is gentle and humble at heart as well. And you know, if you stay with me for a second, because we can't leave out the Holy Spirit in this moment, can we? (laughs) What is the fruit of the Holy Spirit? What is the characteristics and the outworking of the Holy Spirit in us? It's love, isn't it? It's joy, it's peace, it's patience, it's kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. It's all that stuff that Jesus is saying he is. Even the Holy Spirit has those characteristics as well. And I think often in our lives, we go through our lives not expecting, not recognizing that Jesus because we're looking for the big and bold stuff aren't we we're looking for Jesus to come in and when we pray to overturn our situations and and completely transform it so it doesn't we don't have to go through this stuff anymore you know we're looking for him to speak to us in a big booming clear voice and what often happens is we don't actually recognize what Jesus is saying to us because we're not expecting the humble and the gentle And I think the world had a real hard time when Jesus came because they never expected the Son of God to come and be born in a cave in the form of a humble and vulnerable baby. I don't think they expected him to be born into an outcast family, a broken family, not on a throne but actually in a place where animals eat from. I don't think they expected that. And you know, when, even when Jesus rose again and the greatest victory ever and he conquered death and hell and the grave and he changed the course of history forever. He reunited creation and its creator. He should have come out on that third day in an explosion and fireworks filling the sky and the tomb being blown apart in front of millions and millions of people. 
But instead, what we get is the gentle and humble Jesus getting up in the early hours of the morning when nobody was there, standing up and folding his grave clothes and placing them in the tomb. And he walked out when nobody was around, and one lady called Mary came to him, came to the tomb looking for her, and she was distraught. It was still the quiet of the morning and nobody was around, and she's, she's, she's panicking because Jesus isn't there anymore. And this voice comes from behind her and says, are you all right? Who are you looking for? And Jesus starts having a chat with her. And you know what? She didn't recognize him. She thought he was the gardener. I wonder how many times in our life Jesus is speaking to us. Jesus is working in our life, but we think it's the gardener. How many times has Jesus tried to tell us that he loves us or encourages us or maybe he's tried to talk to us about stuff that we're not doing quite right in our life but because we're not expecting it gently and humbly, we're not looking for that. We miss it. We get disillusioned because we don't think God cares or that he's not working in our situation because actually the truth is is that God is working in your life right now. That's right. God is working in your life, and you might not feel like it, but God is working in your life. And God is speaking to you all the time. But sometimes we're just so desperate for the drama stuff, aren't we? We're so desperate chasing the big miracles and the, and the big booming voice and the big signs that we should be doing stuff. And actually, God wants to come to us as the gentle and humble at heart, Jesus and say, I love you so much. I think you're great. You're doing a good job. This morning, we picked some songs because what we didn't want to do was have an unbalanced message today because we believe in God the Father. That's what we sung today. The Holy Spirit, let the lost be found. Let, you know, let the dead be raised. We believe in that God. We believe in the God that does the big stuff as well. There's nothing that our God can't do, we sung today, very deliberately, because I wanted to remind us again that our God is the God of big things as well, because actually this book has got a lot of big moments. He's got lots of Red Sea parting stuff. Even Jesus himself, he got up and he rebuked people. He flips over some tables sometimes, so he didn't he, you know? He's still a humble and gentle Jesus, but he flipped those tables. Do you know what I'm saying? He rebuked some people when they needed rebuking. He told them that they were dead wrong. And now I've been challenged this week because I'm thinking, well, the gentle and humble Jesus, that doesn't sound very humble and gentle. But you see, with our God, he will always come through with you in a moment of disaster when there's no other option, God will come through with the big parting of the Red Sea stuff. He will. However, I've been challenged this week because how many more times in this book 
does God just come and have a conversation with his people? And we focus on all that gigantic stuff and we get disillusioned then when it doesn't happen all the time in our life. But how much more of this is just filled with God coming and loving and saying to Mary at the tomb, are you all right? Who are you looking for? He already knew who she was looking for, by the way. (laughs) I don't know why he asks silly questions. God, why do you ask silly questions? When you know the answers to them all. He is the God of the big stuff. And he will do it for you. But what we can't do is miss the humble and gentle stuff. Because we're not looking for it. Do you recognize Jesus today in your life? We need to be chasing Jesus, not chasing the drama. 1 Kings 19, there's a great verse in here about a guy in the Old Testament who tried to find God and he was looking for God and he was there to meet God and we go through all of these things. We're going to 1 Kings 19, 11. And uh, Elijah, he's looking for God and, he's, and the Lord said to him, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Isn't that interesting? A gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, another stupid question, Elijah, what are you doing here? (laughs) (laughs) Why, God, why do you ask stupid questions? It's because he's wanting us to find the answer, I think, isn't it? Not in the wind, not not in the dramatic stuff, but in the whisper. How often are you looking for the whisper? Maybe this week is a good week for you to come and sit and listen for that whisper instead. Because God is working in your life. That that Matthew 11 verse that we looked at a little bit earlier, um, there's a really lovely bit. If you take it back um, to its original meanings, this humble at heart bit, Jesus is not saying there that he's weak or he's small. That's not what's going on when he says humble at heart. What he is saying, which I thought this was wonderful, is that he is completely and utterly accessible for me and for you. Yes, he is the all-powerful, almighty, all-knowing, ever-present, yesterday, today, and forever, beginning and the end God. He is that. He's so far above us. But what Jesus makes clear is that he is completely accessible to me and to you. Isn't that wonderful? That our God, who is so high and mighty and worthy to be praised and glorified, would make himself available for me and for you. And you know, when we cut through all of this, what was God's original plan for us, for us and him? Wasn't it just for us to walk in the garden and talk together? He had to end up doing all the big, bold stuff because we got it wrong. (laughs) That's why he ended up having to do all that stuff. 
But actually, his initial plan for me and you was that we walk and talk with him in the garden. He is accessible right now. And I've got three very quick things, just as we're coming to a close this morning. Things that I think God does in our lives that sometimes we don't recognize. And this is not a a list that's, you know, the beginning and the end list. This isn't everything. This is just how I find God works with me. And the first thing is this, is that we sometimes don't recognize it when he's working in situations. So when we're going through a real hard time, and we're maybe wondering, God, where are you? What are you doing? And instead, we're maybe focused on the things that are going on and the things that are going wrong. What we need to do is say, God, I want to recognize you in this difficulty. Because the Bible says that the things that the enemy meant for evil, God turns for good. Whatever's going on in your life, I want you to see this week how God is turning that for good. And it might be small, it might be gentle, it might be humble at heart, but God is working and he does care. The second thing is this, is that often God wants us to be more like Jesus. We're on a journey together. If you're a Christian today, you're a disciple of Jesus, which means you are learning from him, you're walking with him. And what he wants to do with us through our lives is he molds us to look more like Jesus. Because he wants us to have peace and he wants us to have joy and he wants us to be closer to him. But what we often do is we don't recognize it when he's trying to mold us. When he's trying to give us more patience. (laughs) When he's trying to make us more generous. Sometimes we block that stuff out. And we don't end up changing because we're not listening. We're not recognizing that still small voice. That humble. Because God isn't going to be rough with you. The Bible says he disciplines the ones he loves. He must really love me a lot. Oh boy. He must really love me a lot, I tell you. Sometimes he's going to force us to stop when we don't listen to that gentleness. Sometimes he pumps the brakes and makes us change. And really, you know, it cuts to a point when you've got no other option. But what we should be doing instead is listening. Recognizing Jesus when he's asking us to change. And maybe it's the case of that you start coming to church and recently you're maybe not paying attention to the word anymore. Or maybe you're not listening to the teaching anymore from your pastors or your church or your teachers. Tune back in. Because God is speaking to you every week. (laughs) It might be gentle though, so you just need to recognize it. And here's the last thing. God wants to encourage you. But sometimes we tuned out. God wants to tell you this morning that he loves you and that he wants to meet with you and that he is for you and that he's with you and that he's never going to leave you. And that even as I say these words, there are people in here and maybe listening online that still don't believe that that message is for you because you're not listening to that gentle, humble voice of Jesus because that message is for you. Well, I'm not good enough. I've done bad things. I can never live up to God's standard. Yeah, I know. Me neither. But God is saying that to you today. That he is for you. He is with you. And all he asks in return is that we believe in him. (laughs) It's not really a trade-off, is it really? 
It's a bit like me giving somebody a million pounds and saying, hey, you can have this a million pounds on one condition. You just got to believe that I exist. It's not really a deal, is it really? It's a bit of a non-deal. What a wonderful God he is. What is God speaking to you today? Maybe it's one of those things. My prayer for our church and as a community of people that are following Jesus is that we continue to recognize him. Even when the big stuff isn't going on. The big stuff will happen and does happen. But what's he saying in the meantime? Come on. Elder Graham always says, all we need to do is keep falling deeper in love with Jesus. And you know, when you do that, his voice becomes more clear. When you know him more, his voice becomes more obvious in our minds and in our hearts and in our life. What a good God he is. I'm just going to pray as we finish our service. And then we're going to sing this song. It says, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, because we want to see you. To see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of his glory, the light of the world. Why don't you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I want to thank you so much that you want to come and meet with us today. And we want to thank you for your presence. And Lord, we ask right now that we will be in tune with whatever it is you're trying to do in our lives, whatever it is you're trying to say to us, whether that's encouragement or whether that is correction. Lord, make it obvious, make it clear as we become more and more, more and more confident in the Jesus that is gentle and humble at heart. Let us never miss anything that you are trying to do in our lives or through this church, Jesus. Because we're preoccupied with the other stuff, with the drama. Let's not chase the drama, Lord. Let's chase your heart. Thank you, Lord. Amen.